The longest field goal ever attempted is 76 yards. The longest field goal ever missed? Also 76 yards. Why bring this up? Because knowing your limits matters, both when you're kicking a field goal and when you gamble. Betting more than you're comfortable with is like trying a 70-yard field goal. It probably won't go well. So set a limit when you gamble and stick to it. Want more helpful tips like this? Go to KeepItFunOhio.com for games, quizzes, and lots of ways to keep your gambling from getting out of hand. Do you want a beautiful lawn? Enter True Green, the easiest way to get a great lawn. Just water and mow and they'll do the rest. Weed control, fertilization, aeration, and more. True Green is the official lawn care treatment provider of the PGA Tour. And they have a verified best price, which guarantees you the lowest price with no compromise on quality. You do you. Let True Green do your lawn care. Visit TrueGreen.com, T-R-U-G-R-E-E-N.com to get the best lawn at the best price with the best people. Guaranteed. Welcome to Talk is Jericho. It is the pot of thunder and rock and roll. And today I've got one of AEW's newest and hottest tag teams. I'm talking about Red Dragon. Bobby Fish and Kyle O'Reilly are back together and explaining exactly how this happened. You hear the story about how they first met and got put together at Ring of Honor. The origin of the Red Dragon name and gimmick and some of their classic matches in ROH. They talk about their jump to NXT, their relationship with Triple H, and the immediate chemistry they had with Adam Cole and Roderick Strong as the Undisputed Era, a name they didn't initially like. Neither did I. They also have plenty to say about the changes at NXT after the rebrand and the differences between the WWE and AEW locker rooms. Uh, Red Dragon on the way. But before we get to Kyle and Bobby, Chris Jericho's Rock and Wrestling Rager at Sea, Four Leaf Clover, Leaves Port, February 2nd, 2023. Um, we thought moving it back was a better idea with all the things going on. And plus, the Four Leaf Clover is doing something new for the first time ever, spending a day on our very own private island. It's a brand new destination on the Grand Stirrup K Island in the Bahamas. So come join us February 2nd to the 6th on the Norwegian Pearl from Miami to Great Stirrup K. Can be a great time. Uh, sign up for the mailing list and the uh, waiting list, shall we say, at ChrisJerichoCruise.com. Information coming. And our lineup is pretty much going to be the same as the one we were going to do in March. It's going to be the vacation of a lifetime. It's going to be one of the greatest times of your life. So please go to ChrisJerichoCruise.com and sign up for all information. In the meantime, Fozzie's spring leg of the Save the World Tour is rolling out as scheduled. We're hitting the road again on March 31st with new drummer Grant Brooks in tow. We're crisscrossing the country. We're going east coast, west coast, middle, everywhere in between. Uh, we will even be at the Whiskey A Go-Go on May 5th in Los Angeles, the famous whiskey. Tickets available at fozzyrock.com. Of course, our legendary VIP meet and greet also available. Best in the biz. We play a mini concert for you before the show. Uh, you can get those ticks and all VIP information at fozzyrock.com. Come rock with Fozzie in March. And Chris Jericho's Rock and Wrestling Rager in February 2023. But right now, let's get it going with Fish and O'Reilly. Red Dragon returns right here on Talk is Jericho. All right, so uh, we have been uh, having a lot of new signings here in AEW, and it's been amazing to see who's been coming in. And, of course, it was almost a one-two punch with Bobby Fish, which we'll discuss, one of my all-time favorite wrestling names. And then Kyle Riley, who has been on Talk as Jericho before joining shortly after. And uh, it's the reunion 
of uh, it always amazes me how everyone's contract came up at the same time throughout the course of AEW. And that seems to what happened with you guys as well. Yeah, I mean, things in their own way just kind of fell into place. And yeah, I mean, timing's everything, right? It's what's so cool about this business is that you meet so many people throughout it and things always seem to come back full circle and you end up working with these people again and going to places that feel like a, a home reunion. And mm-hmm. it's just it's just a beautiful thing about this business, right? Mm-hmm. It's, it's really cool to be here. It kind of reminds me back when I first started in WWE uh, in 99 and like three months later, the Radicals, and of course that's Radicals with a Z, uh, come in as Chris and Eddie and Dean and Perry who all came in at the same time uh, as a unit because they were almost uh, not so much a faction in WCW but they were all kind of friends and all of us were and that's kind of what happened with with Bobby and Kyle and of course Adam Cole uh, came in a couple of months before you guys did but it's very uh, interesting I was going to say strange but it's actually quite uh, happenstance and kismet that Undisputed Era kind of all filtered here in AEW within a short period of time is that something you guys had talked about ever happening was it something that you had been thinking about I mean I had hoped it would happen certainly um, thinking about for sure but I don't think you really you know put that juju out in the universe either way you know mm. um, but yeah when it it still one of those things that you don't you don't really especially in this business and you know like you don't believe it until yeah. even when you see it don't get your hopes horizon. up right yeah 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 well it started with you bobby you came in first uh out of the two of you guys obviously red dragon is the team and we can call we can use red dragon That's right we it's own yours. it yeah it's <laughs> yes, amazing sir. i love it yeah uh, was that taken from the uh, thomas harris uh, hannibal lecter novel by chance or where'd you get the idea <laughs> we, from a bunch of different ideas that's yeah. one of the things that came into play with it mm-hmm. Uh, the skateboard brand yep. was part of it as well. Yep. I was reading a, a, a Jason Ellis uh, book, and Red Dragon was a skate um, thing that they had. And I don't even know why the name just kind of – we Kyle and I were going to be heels, and I was trying to think of a way to make people not like us. And, like, Red Dragon to me sounded like – I think they were Red Dragons with an S, but Red Dragon to me sounded like um, like a martial arts group that was trying to be cool but wasn't cool. Yeah. <laughs> and so I was like, well, maybe we could use that. And then the way Ring of Honor was putting he and I together had a lot to do with uh, Davy Richards. And we have this may be the first time I've ever admitted this, but um, when I spelled it. I was like, well, if we capitalize the D and the R in the middle, it's kind of a, a shot there. And stylistically, uh, it just looks cooler with the word written that way. A lowercase right. R to start it and then a capital D and the R halfway through. It just yeah. makes it look kind of different. But how, how is the DR a shot? It wasn't at all. It wasn't a shot. It was just because... So the Ring of Honor's idea was breaking him away from Davey and... Oh, Davey, Davey Richards. Gotcha. Yes, gotcha. Davey and, and uh, Eddie Edwards were the American Wolves. Gotcha. Okay. That was our first feud was with those guys. Uh, so it was more of... Gotcha. And it made life so easy because they were over so big as Babyface, and we were this new heel team that it, it, it I mean, <clears throat> can't thank them enough for, you know, how much that, that helped us. Um, but we never talked about it. We never 
you know, admitted never acknowledged it. Never, it. Yeah, People would ask, or how come you guys never wear red? It's like, right. well, that was kind of the thing too. We didn't want to wear red because it was Let just too cliche. Fire. Yeah, yeah. Well, and that was some of the stuff. Like honestly, I think it was from like reading your books, and and you had always had such attention to detail. Um, uh, according to those about the little things. And I know like the little things were something that when I was a fan that I noticed a, a bunch of with the guys that I followed. So like we started to, to kind of come up with these little creative things on our own, knowing that, okay, we're supposed to be heels. We're to try to give people every reason not to like us. So we're like, okay, red is in the name is in our team name. We're never going to wear red. Mm. You know, just subtle little thing. Yeah, yeah. And I don't know. It was like confirmation was that at times some of those things were were mentioned. And um, so I think maybe that's confirmation that like it worked on some level. I don't know. <laughs> well, now that we're kind of back in the past here, how did you guys end up getting put together? You mentioned ROH puts you together. Mm-hmm. What was kind of the mindset behind that? How did you feel at first? Well, there's a bit of a history of meeting each other before being put together. Um, and I'm sure we have both completely different point of views on that story. <laughs> Let's hear it. But uh, so my point of view, so it was in 2008, the uh, Harley Race Noah camp. So... Um, I'd saved up to, to go to the, the Harley camp. The NOAA scouts are going to be there. WWE scouts are going to be there. It was a huge opportunity for me. And my, my main goal was to wrestle in Japan. I wanted to impress the NOAA scouts. And uh, so I went to this camp. It was in Eldon, Missouri. And um, Bobby was there. And he was a guy that was working for NOAA at the time. He was established and um, getting a real name for himself and getting a ton of momentum. And he was a guy that I looked up to. And I wanted to be like, you know, like a Bobby Fish. I wanted to do well at this camp and I wanted to go wrestle for Noah. So there's, there's, there's this drill. They, they would do a blow-up drill, right? Like the fives blow-up drill with someone and then you'd, you'd, you'd heat the guy around the four uh, posts and then you'd reverse and he'd put heat on you and then you'd just call a spot in the ring and end it or whatever and everyone was surrounding the ring and then they'd give you criticism or whatever. But my main goal is to, I wanted to impress the Noah guy. So I'm timing the drill. I'm timing the drill. For, as soon as Bobby slides in, I slide in with him so that I'll be paired with Bobby. And the first thing I do, I just drill him so hard with a forearm. Like, I just blast him. And then Bobby proceeds to beat the ever-loving Christ out of me for the next five minutes. And, but, like, in, like, as he should have, you know? Like, I'm just, I'm this young guy coming in. You're who, too excited. I'm too excited. I'm I'm. I'm, you know, I didn't like stiff him unsafely. I hit him in a safe spot as right. far as I can recall, but he did the right thing by putting me in my place and explaining to me why he did that and what, you know, the reason behind it. And, um, and I'm pretty sure Steamboat was there as the WWE rep and he was, he kind of got into it on me and, and explained to everyone we were in this business to protect each other. We take care of, like they were really, they thought we were actually <laughs> f- each other up. Yeah. And, but then the Noah guys were like, oh, awesome job. Good work. So I was like, oh, it worked. So I pressed those guys, yeah. but, uh, it Steamboat just, hates me, but <laughs> it's just a hilarious story. And then we go, lo and behold, we'd, we'd wrestle against each other on like the very first evolve event, uh, a couple years after that. And then Bobby came into Ring of Honor. I think we were going to f- have a match against each other. But they're like, you know what? Let's put these guys as a team and, and see, what, see what happens. And 2022 will be 10 years of Jeez. Red Dragon. So, yeah. uh, so that's how I remember the story. You might remember it a little differently. <laughs> What's your recollections, Bobby? <laughs> no, no. It's, it's similar. And it, it's an interesting story because I was at basically playing that forward. Um, looking back, like the Bushy Road style that Noah did and all that was like... Man, I mean that you guys just went 
way too hard, way too often, you know, and a tons of injuries and everything will, will confirm that. But I was too young to know that it was, you know, not a longevity in that and whatever. So I was just going along to get along and not too long before that I had, uh, it was with Sugira. Uh, we were in a tag match or something. I think low key was on one of my first tours and he was the one that kind of iggied me that cause Sugira got, you know, really put it on me at one point. And, uh, you know, you were taking heat there, you know, the way sure. it is. And that's your job. Um, to basically get beat up. Yeah. <laughs> and and you do that for, you know, years sometimes. Some people never stop doing it. Mm -hmm. um, but Sugira had really lit me up one time, and I, I didn't know why, but Loki was nice enough to explain it to me. And it was it was kind of the same thing. You know, I, I was in there and was overzealous and was mm. – and he let me know, like, okay, if we're going to go there, like – all right. In a working this, fashion. Yeah, yeah, yeah very yeah, much yeah. in a working fashion. Yeah, there's there's yeah. a way to send a message to somebody without breaking their bones totally. or whatever it may yes. be. Yeah. Yeah. So that, you know, it was kind of um one of those scenarios where we ended up uh yeah. Not totally different, uh his recollection than mine. Um <laughs> but yeah, it was that that's that's kind of what it was. Just quickly, just because I always like hearing as many stories as I can, was there a lot of interaction with Harley? That day, that, that, that camp that you went, what was he like? Did he say anything to you? Was he giving advice and pointers? Harley uh, definitely was um, active in, the, in those camps. And he, would, he had guys that were coaching or were his uh, students who had come before. So like, let's say like Trevor Murdoch um, right. handled a lot of the – the in-ring and the ins and outs. But Harley, yeah, I mean, he was he was there every day. He oversaw everything, and he was always involved. And it was like he didn't speak on everything, but the things he did speak on, like, you you paid attention. Little mm -hmm. jewels of advice. Yeah. yeah. I saw Kerry uh, Silken last night. We talked and talked as Jericho, but I never actually met him. You guys worked with him, for him, for many years in Ring of Honor. Tell us a little bit what it was like back at that time, because this is when Ring of Honor was pretty much – the solid number two, number three, or maybe even number two company in the entire United States. Mm -hmm. am, I, am I wrong in saying that? Or no, I don't think so. Pretty yeah, close, yeah. right? Ring of Honor had been you know, the place to go to for indie guys to break through for a long while. Like When I broke in in 2005, Ring of Honor was really on fire then. Um, mm -hmm. That's when Danielson was having that title run right. that was just epic and legendary. And so that was my main goal. I wanted to wrestle in Japan. I wanted to wrestle in Ring of Honor. And um, so in 2009, when I finally bit the bullet and drove my car down to live in St. Louis and just try and work whatever pre-show match I could for Ring of Honor whenever I could. Carrie was always very outgoing and very kind to me and always willing to give me an opportunity. And um, finally, when uh, in 2010, he was like, listen, we got to do what we can to pick this guy up. And they signed me and Adam, uh, Adam Cole, to contracts basically around the exact same time and they'd pair us together as a team or whatever. But Carrie was instrumental in that. And... Uh, became good friends with Kerry and he's an awesome dude and we've seen mm. a couple like Jethro Tull concerts with him and it's just, he's a <laughs> he loves Jethro he Tull he loves Jethro Tull <laughs> Ian Anderson but yeah now I'm a big fan of him too and he, he sends me some vinyls and stuff he's just a good guy and he really loves wrestling and he really wants to, to make it better for guys like us who also love wrestling 
The longest field goal ever attempted is 76 yards. The longest field goal ever missed? Also 76 yards. Why bring this up? Because knowing your limits matters, both when you're kicking a field goal and when you gamble. Betting more than you're comfortable with is like trying a 70-yard field goal. It probably won't go well. So set a limit when you gamble and stick to it. Want more helpful tips like this? Go to KeepItFunOhio.com for games, quizzes, and lots of ways to keep your gambling from getting out of hand. What were some of your kind of the highlights of being in Ring of Honor for you, Bobby? Um, a Ring of Honor was always kind of like um, an, an unfinished book for me because Tony DeVito was the one who trained me um, primarily and Tony worked there. And so like I did kind of the, you know, young guy thing for a while there. And then I started to do more indies and whatnot. You couldn't have told me at the time that I wasn't ready for ring of honor, but I was so not ready. So it was like unfinished business. And I would go back periodically and get a dark match. This was when like Gabe Sapolsky was booking, um, or even like Adam Pierce and, you know, Carrie was obviously always there and I would, I would do something, but it, you know, it just never stuck. It never stuck. And then this last time going back, did a dark match and uh, Hunter Johnson had the book at that time. And we talked uh, at the end of that weekend. And that's when he kind of let me know the idea for me and Kyle. And um, so then from there, I, I mean, I would say like first highlight being when this thing started, the realization that, wow, we like, I don't want to call it instant chemistry, but this is it really was this writes yeah. itself you know, right off the gate right yeah yeah and i had never really experienced that before within everything just started to really click and mm-hmm. just from like a character standpoint like just doing backstage promos and stuff of just kind of like we just got along great right off the bat similar sense of humor and it just would just start of us trying to make each other laugh during mm-hmm. a promo but it would turn up <laughs> end up being like our shtick and our characters and yeah just riffing off each other we have and our styles are so similar we both have the mm-hmm. same philosophy in wrestling we both like the mm-hmm. same uh like watching the same guys and working mm-hmm. the same sort of pace and so it was just mm-hmm. a natural fit and uh, being heels to begin with like we were able to be a little bit more you know kind of push a little bit more humor um and it was a good i think juxtaposition of what in ring was so very like martial arts based and serious um, that that allowed us to then at least give a glimpse that like hey they're not robots you know mm-hmm. they, there is some um, and and I think you could attest to this too like as a heel you feel a little bit more free in yeah. that way where you can color outside face. the lines yeah, yeah yeah so I think that you know you. Um, just kind of things being aligned, I think that 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 you know those details all fell into place. When you mentioned that you tried to make each other laugh during promos, was there a, a an example that stands out to you where he got you? Either one. Oh, no. <laughs> it almost became part of our shtick was that we were able to <laughs> to laugh. I mean, I remember the fr- we we used to do this thing called the fish tank. Mm-hmm. So it was like a, a, a you know, like a Piper's yeah. Pit segment, yeah. And that has to come back. Too. Yeah, I would love for it to. Um, and we just had some of the just stupidest ideas, but 
You know, they came to fruition. Funny, except for us. <laughs> yeah. I don't know. We may not have amused anyone yeah. but ourselves. But but that's half the battle. If you can amuse yourself, usually other people will find that funny yeah. too, though. Yeah, or be entertained by it. And it led to a bunch of things. I know we we did some stuff early on. I think our first guest was Cheeseburger, and he was always such a good sport. Oh right. And um, it you know, and 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 he was easy. It was easy for us to get heat. You know, picking on the the smallest guy right. in the locker yeah. room, and so like yeah, again, I mean, all that stuff just kind of fell in place, and it was just so much fun. And then as those went on and on, they got more and more absurd. Do you remember the? squat thrusts promo yeah, 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 yeah. and kyle said something Went about cracking walnuts with the his... harrison ford clinic <laughs> yeah <laughs> what's the uh, squat thrust promo oh we're we're uh feuding with the addiction which was kazarian and daniels yeah and we were talking about oh they have an addiction i have an addiction too to squat thrust i just did eight thousand <laughs> fifteen minutes ago and <laughs> cracking walnut between my thighs <laughs> right. it's just stupid stuff like that. but the cool thing was it never took away from our in-ring work. So like when we would come out and the bell would ring, it was all business and we were back to being serious guys. Mm -hmm. And I think that's such a cool thing to balance is when you can be off the cuff and goofy backstage, but you know, when it's time to work, it's go time. And we were still taking as serious wrestlers and that was, but that's the secret. That's what you have to do. Yeah. Yeah, When you're in the ring, you have to get it in and make it serious and make it as legit as you can. And then you can be as ridiculous as you want to be outside of that, because mm-hmm. that's kind of the combination of the two of what makes entertaining wrestling. Yeah, you yeah. Know? In this strange circus world that we live in. It, totally. You know? I, I have to say this, though, because I, I think the first time I ever met you was in Japan. Mm-hmm. We had a tour there, and you guys were there as well. Remember this? New L- Japan? L- yeah. yeah, you guys were there, but we were there with WWE. Yeah. Yes. It was me. with Kevin and Owens you, Owens right? was there. Yeah. And all I remember is like, where's Bobby Fish? I do remember this. I want to meet this Bobby Fish guy. <laughs> yeah. And I was like, is that his real name? And it's like, that's your real name, yeah. right? The, the, Shoot. The, the, the Robert lo- Fish. Robert A. Fish. The long-term Fish family. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. I just loved it. And we were talking earlier. It's like, and we'll talk about your WWE experience. It's like the fact that you never got called up is probably good because yeah. Vince would have seen Bobby Fish yes. oh, and you would have been like the freaking <laughs> yeah. like you know the, the, wearing the, the, the raincoat and the Gordon's Fisherman Gordon's yeah. Fisherman <laughs> Captain High Highliner, yeah, yeah. Captain Highliner, yeah. fish sticks, and all that sort of. I thing. I was gonna oh, say yeah. I'd probably still have a job and it'd be you know, <laughs> the fish, fisherman Bobby fish, fish. <laughs> which is so ridiculous. But so yeah. what finally ended up being the reason why you guys left Ring of Honor to go to WWE or NXT or whichever one it was, mm. and was that another thing where you guys left together? Yeah, we started uh, there at the same time, so mm-hmm. basically, kind of, it all worked up, worked out uh, in a roundabout way. Yeah. Ended up being at the same time. And it was just a natural progression, right? You want to evolve and grow in this business and mm-hmm. take new opportunities. And that was kind of the next opportunity for us. Like all elite wrestling was still a, a year or two away from yeah, the beginning. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, so it was just, you know, it just worked out to be, all right, this is the next step. This is really going to happen. Holy crap, we're going yeah. to WWE. This is nuts. Let's do this. And I think we had a lot of momentum with uh, the New Japan stuff. Because right, you guys um, were going there quite frequently, right? Yeah. yeah, almost like every month for like two years, yeah. starting in like 2014. At the height of it, we spent about, which working indies and Ring of Honor at the same time, we were about 90 days a year mm. in Japan. Mm-hmm. And as a team or a single team? And singles. Team, a little bit of singles. Always on the same tour. Yeah. 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 Who, who do they put you up against as a team? Um, oh we worked with the Time Slitters a bunch, which was Kushida and Alex Shelley. We oh, did the junior tags. Mm, so we, and yeah. then the young, we feuded with the Bucks. That, that's probably our. 
biggest feud we've ever had. I would think Ring so. of Honor and New Japan was with yeah, the Young Bucks. Yeah, because across both promotions. Yeah, right. Um, there were so many matches. The Forever and then, Hooligans, Rapongi yep. Vice, which was Rocky and Kozlov, and then yep. Rocky and Trent. Yep. Um, and then just working the young boys, like like uh, Show and Yo, yeah. they were the young lines awesome. at the time before their excursion, and now they're yeah. the two singles guys after being a tech. But working those man. guys at their like inception of their growth, and just yeah. that was so cool too. So just, cool, yeah. Loved working with those guys. And so yeah. you guys had a pretty good Gaijin crew then when you were over in New Japan. Because that's totally. important to have really them. Because when you're on, over there for three weeks oh, or whatever yeah. it is, yeah. you need some friends to hang out with, right? Yeah, yeah, for sure. I mean, that's what some of the stuff that we've done um, since Kyle's come in has felt like. Because we're back, you know, doing stuff with the Bucks <clears> and we're doing <throat> stuff with, you know, Trent and Rocky. And it's, you know, it feels like, like a real homecoming. Yeah, mm. yeah it really does. The longest field goal ever attempted is 76 yards. The longest field goal ever missed? Also 76 yards. Why bring this up? Because knowing your limits matters, both when you're kicking a field goal and when you gamble. Betting more than you're comfortable with is like trying a 70-yard field goal. It probably won't go well. So set a limit when you gamble and stick to it. Want more helpful tips like this? Go to KeepItFunOhio.com for games, quizzes, and lots of ways to keep your gambling from getting out of hand. So was it easy for you to leave New Japan as well? Like you said, it was the next progression, the next step. And you said you had a lot of momentum in New Japan. When you went to WWE, was that a decision? Were you ready to go? Or was it one of those things where it's like, ah, I don't know what we should do? I feel like New Japan was, was really hot and doing well. But I feel like NXT was kind of the place at that time. Um, I remember the takeovers, like... Finn and and um, Kevin, they were um, huge in front of like yeah. fifteen thousand people yeah. or whatever, right? And yeah. they were like, it just seemed like that was the cool kid at school was yeah. NXT, and it was, and right, and it, so I think New Japan wasn't wasn't uh, far behind that, but wasn't quite there. So it was like between Ring of Honor and New Japan, didn't know that NXT was an option, and then all of a sudden NXT is an option, and it's like. Whoa. Yeah. Okay. I mean, I had pretty much thought of myself as, yeah, I mean, I'll, I'll be all right. I won't, I won't go to WWE probably in my career, but, um, you know, that's fine. Like, I was actually in conversation with New Japan, and it was um, not I, – I, to, to realize that that was an option mm. was, um, was a big game changer. How about for you, Kyle? Yeah, I mean, it was it was really hard to walk away from Japan. It's where I always really wanted to wrestle. You guys are kind of the prototype for what they like over there too. Like, uh, yeah, you can love, wrestle any style. Like fit in really well there. I love the culture. I love the people. I really, truly love wrestling for that company. But yeah, like like we said, it's the natural progression. And at the end of the day, you you have to do what's best for you and your family, right? And uh, the the opportunity with NXT was the best, um, you know, thing for my family at the time. And. Uh, mm-hmm. Did they approach you, or how did you get involved with NXT? Yeah, it was uh, an approach thing. I think we, I might have dabbled into this a bit when I was on uh, the Pot of Thunder last time. Five years ago or yeah, something, maybe? Yeah, it was about five years ago now. But, uh, yeah. You made up at a bookstore or something yeah. like that? Yeah, we yeah. did. Yeah. Uh, I think you just did a signing. I right? did. That's yeah, right. Yeah, yeah. Exactly, yeah. So I, I was Ring of Honor champion, and then the offer from NXT came, and so I was going to... I was going to take it. And then so I, I dropped the Ring of Honor title at the Tokyo Dome. 
And then it would go and be about a good five months before I would actually start like some stuff with ring of honor and WWE just kept sort of the opportunity right, for yeah. me jumping ship kind of in the air. Like they weren't sure if they could take me now and it just had to play the waiting game, but it really, man, sometimes I think about the universe and the way things work out and it really worked out for the best because at that time my mom was terminally ill with cancer. And so having those extra few months before moving my life to Florida, I could spend at home yeah. with my mom in her last couple of months, you know, and she got to see me make it to WWE and everything like that. Mm -hmm. So it's so wild to, to see how the, you know, the universe how things work out, right? Throws you a bone like that sometimes. And it, it sucked at the time. Like, Oh my God, is this opportunity going to be taken from me? It's, it's not going to work out, but you just have to trust the process. And, um, it really ended up being the best thing for me was waiting those extra few months. So it really worked out in the end. And then lo and behold, because of that, I came in with Bobby and Adam at the same time and we've formed the Undisputed Era. So it really like, it's, it's wild to think. Just, it's amazing. You guys just keep following each other, know, right? Yeah. yeah. You know. Did you, um, when you first went, I know like Kevin told me and, and, and Sammy and the guys, like when they first went to NXT, they had to do the, the drills and the setting up of the ring and all that stuff. Did you guys have to do that as well? Yeah, to a degree, like the, the coconut shows, we definitely set the ring up and stuff. Um, like a modified version of it, maybe? And yeah, the, actually, we did do, <laughs> when we, we first arrived, we, the, we, we didn't have to do a tryout, per se, where no. it was like the militaristic, 10 push-ups, you worm, like do 10, <laughs> 20 rolls now around the ring, <laughs> and a fives drill, and take 10 suplexes from Baba Tunde. Like, oh, shit. You didn't, ha you didn't have to do that. <laughs> we didn't have to do we the tryout. Wipe that shit <laughs> off my shoe with your face. <laughs> <laughs> but when we did arrive at the PC, it was like you know we started Brookside's class, so we we're starting with the basic drills and stuff. And happy to do it, like that's totally fine. Did it seem kind of weird though? I like I always like to me. It's like I don't. You guys are better guys than I am because I'd be like if I, in you know, had a, a title match at the Tokyo Dome, yeah. and had been working with all of these guys from like you said, you know, the show and yo to the time splitters. I'm sure you had some matches with Tana and Okada and yeah. whatever. It'd be like, am I really gonna go down there and start? You know setting up the wood on the freaking planks on the freaking yeah. iron you know what i mean it seems like you guys would really have to kind of eat some crow and go okay here we go yeah do, do you I, just accept I, it I, I, yeah i guess so because i think early, i you know it's early like on you learn to it. yeah Show it's a, a smile skill don't give them develop. the satisfaction of knowing that they're getting to us and just yeah, want, yeah. You know, happy to be here and sometimes do i think eating shit and being able to smile through it is a skill that that's you a vince get to where we're at now without eating a ton of shit so <laughs> that's a vince <laughs> line sometimes you got to eat a mouthful of shit and like it wow <laughs> so do you think they were doing that though just to kind of weed out the pretenders or to try and re sure. retrain you and or there's guys that i don't know were coming in that I think needed that they needed to learn how a ring went up. They needed yeah, to learn that's these true. basics because yeah. like, otherwise, yeah. you know, they're they're not really giving anyone special treatment. So they mm -hmm. kind of treat us all the same, and we're in, we're in there with athletes who've never taken a bump before. Right. I think you had more of a mixed bag then, mm. um, as far as how do you mean talent that was there as far as checking those boxes like a lot of didn't have talent, some, but a lot yeah. of new people. Oh, yes, yeah. so they had both, um, and. I don't know. I don't know. It's it's been a while since being there now, so I, right. I don't really know. I don't how think they're hiring like wrestlers anymore. Well, it's, it's, we can discuss that in a bit. How this totally changed the whole mindset. But at the time when you guys were in NXT, NXT was I don't know. Was it ever specifically a feeder system? Because it seemed very quickly it started as kind of the quote unquote feeder system, yeah. but then changed very quickly to a third uh -huh. brand yeah. in its own world. 
by design. Yeah. yeah. Kind of, did you guys feel that as I mean, you were there? They, internally with the company, too, and to all of, all of the talent, like, they were telling us this is a third brand. Like, treat it as such. Mm. And, I mean, anytime someone from NXT would go up to a Raw or SmackDown, it, they would completely change that character. Completely. It didn't feel like a feeder system. Almost blow it in a lot of ways, right? Yeah. Right. yeah. Yeah. And it was something that was discussed openly at times that, that would, we would be considered... And I don't want to put like a, a time frame on it, but there was a point in there where it was like, no, this is a third brand and will be treated as such. And then, and then that kind of went away mm-hmm. and it was never really explained. And it was never like a proclamation was never like made like, oh, no, that's over. But then you could see the writing on the wall. And then, I don't know, then I, I left not long after that. I, I think in, in Adam... Cole and I discussed this. I, I knowing what I know about about Vince is that he put up NXT to combat the evil AEW, and then when we started taking over NXT, NXT became the scapegoat, yeah. and the whole way of doing things had to change because it was a failure in his eyes because it existed to beat us, and when it didn't, I think he lost faith in the whole. Had to be, had to blame somebody. Mm-hmm. Can't be. Our company, it's got to be this NXT thing, mm-hmm. right? Mm-hmm. Does that make any sense to what you guys? A lot of that. Yeah, yeah. And they, I think they kind of changed what they were looking for too. They didn't really. Okay, well, this is WWE. We want guys that are six five, yeah. three hundred pounds. Want to go back to? I mean, we would always kind of joke about that in the locker room. Like, oh, look mm-hmm. at this locker room. This is amazing. Look at all the talent here. Everyone's such a great worker, man. Can you ma- imagine in six months if it goes back to the day of the bodybuilder? Yeah, <laughs> get work here. <laughs> and, and there it is. It. But yeah. once again, though, that's the reason why it failed in yeah. the eyes of of, of, of the all exactly. knowing. Yeah. yeah, is that oh, it's, yeah. it's this little guys. It's the little. And, yeah, and I'm one of the little right. guys. Right, I knew it. I never should have believed right. it. Mm-hmm. It was a phase. Yeah. Go back to the big guys. Yeah. <laughs> right. So then, what chance do, do you have? Yeah. Right. Right. Exactly. When you guys first got the NXT, then we're talking about kind of like because it was the glory days of of the former nxt and you guys were the top guys there some of the top guys there how was that for you first of all you mentioned the undisputed era how did that come to be and then talk a little bit about kind of the feuds that you had because they were drawing like we said on these mm-hmm. takeovers 10,000 12,000 15,000 people and you guys are in the main event mm-hmm. a lot of the times mm-hmm. i mean those will go down as some of the greatest times in in my career i I will say uh respectfully um had some of those greatest times as well with new japan and ring of honor but like everything was just really special in that time frame with nxt and the the fact that i was able to do it with three and then eventually four when roddy was added of my legit closest friends in this industry and we would joke about it but it, it made it like not really work you know and promos and stuff especially we would the the production would joke like well do we need to get a second one in the can (laughs) and uh because we were doing like one or two takes and it it, i think had less to do with our quote-unquote talent and more to do with like we're just four dudes riffing the chemistry yeah see it watching it it wasn't a fabricated group of just Mm. four guys they put together there was a real camaraderie there and a real genuine bond and friendship and i think it translated i think you could tell watching the four of us do promos and matches together oh these dudes are especially when there's four guys if it was just two okay you could maybe kind of fake it a bit but with four if someone's not in the loop Mm -hmm. you can tell they Mm -hmm. stand out 
mm-hmm. completely. So yeah. how did the Undisputed Era come together? Well, it almost had happened in ROH with me, you, and Adam, right? We had a little... So Cole and uh, Adam and, and Kyle were heading We've towards... we off and on feuding, friends feuding for our whole career. Yeah. And and Hunter Delirious had booked, you know, the final battle would be them and the the blow off, and we were building towards that. And there was a little, you know, speed bump in the road where uh, the three of us, because Kyle and I were still, we didn't bust up Red Dragon, but we were kind of doing our own singles stuff, right? Is yeah, that, yeah, the yeah. timing of stuff, and. Um, there was a point where the three of us came together by circumstance on a night and the reaction we got from the live crowd was substantial. And I just, I had a light bulb go off and I, I don't, that doesn't happen often in my life. Uh, so I would try to take advantage of these. And I remember mentioning it to them and then saying something to uh, the office about, Hey, I not, not saying a wholesale change, but maybe this detour that we're on, maybe we we follow it through for a little bit longer, if for no other reason, just to give it a cool name and sell some T-shirts. Yeah, so but it, a couple six mans. Yeah, but it wasn't in the cards. It was mainly to have Paul turn on me again, basically was the setup. And in mm. the defense of of what they had written, like that was not something that they wrote two weeks prior. You know that that their long term plan was in place for a long time. So I I get it, but. It was, it felt to me like, man, strike while the iron's hot mm-hmm. here. And there, there was something there. And lo and behold, you know, we, we move on and go to NXT. And uh, I don't know, maybe, maybe somebody was, maybe a different in, hunter was, like, was watching. <laughs> I don't know. You're going to say, Cal? Well, just going to say that um, it's, it's just funny how that worked out. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And, then it, and felt like we were leaving money on the table mm-hmm. with by not pulling the trigger on that group. And then first night in NXT, um, Triple H says, I'm thinking about putting the three of you, Bobby, Kyle, and Adam in a group together. We're like, oh, mm. what? So, yeah, it just felt like a natural fit. And I think that's why um, our debuts there were just came off so well. I think so, too. I mean, the cynical wrestler in me was waiting for the other shoe to drop, (laughs) like waiting for Vince or somebody to come out of a back door and go, ah, we're just with you. (laughs) (laughs) So you mentioned something, and this sounds pretty obvious. Hunter, it seems, Triple H is watching what's going on in these other companies so he knows what he has when you guys came in. It seems to be if if he was thinking about putting you together the first night, he'd obviously known something about the three of you beforehand. I think so. I th- yeah, he's a yeah. guy that definitely has his thumb on the pulse uh, across the business, and I think he's definitely got a good mind for yeah. the business. And yeah, I think that was the right call. I think that's way more likely logic than than not, mm-hmm. you know, because otherwise, sure. how? The longest field goal ever attempted is seventy six yards. The longest field goal ever missed, also seventy six yards. Why bring this up? Because knowing your limits matters both when you're kicking a field goal and when you gamble. Betting more than you're comfortable with is like trying a 70-yard field goal. It probably won't go well. So set a limit when you gamble and stick to it. Want more helpful tips like this? Go to KeepItFunOhio.com for games, quizzes, and lots of ways to keep your gambling from getting out of hand. So what was kind of it like working with Hunter in that capacity? Because I know... Well, just like working with Hunter with Vince as our boss and working matches with him and coming up with ideas and concepts and that sort of thing. What was it like? Because at the time, and we think now probably Vince 
has taken over the colorful NXT, but the original concept of the NXT was Hunter's baby, and he mm-hmm. was pretty much the the boss, right? Yeah. There was no tampering. It was his ideas right. and kind of what he said went, correct? He was the Vince of NXT, right. yeah. I mean, I've never, never really worked with Vince, per se, but I, I get that he is the Vince of <laughs> Vince Land, right? Mm-hmm. Yeah, he, he's writing the, the, the stories and booking the talent and bringing guys in and that sort of a thing. Yeah. Sure. Was he, was he hands very hands-on with you guys? Very much so. Mm-hmm. And, and just even just watching the way his brain operates for other people, let alone just us, watching him come up with a finish for this match in particular or this angle um, and what this heel should do here was like, oh, my God, this stuff has been... Mm-hmm. Right in front of me for so long, but I never yes. really got it until mm-hmm. hearing someone articulated like that. Very, very yeah. smart. He's very, yeah. very smart. And mm-hmm. it was, man, I had an amazing time working with Hunter. Mm-hmm. It was really cool. Agreed. Attention to so many small things. And I, I will remember one specifically, we were working AOP and we had put this match together and, and it was very much, you know, for us as, as the heels to help get these two monsters ready. And uh, it was on us to kind of put this match together and we had, and um, we had a finish that we thought just complemented the match like to the nth degree. And we, we were leading off and we were like, we're going to steal the show, take over. And a, a good portion of us stealing the show, I think, in our minds were, you know, because this finish fits this match mm-hmm. so well. And then um, the following day for TakeOver, it, it turned out that there was a similar finish in one of the other matches and it had to be changed. And we were like, it, it's ruined. It is ruined. Like, you just spilled something all over my painting. <laughs> Tell them to fix their switch right. to finish. Right. This is done. And Hunter had an idea for the finish. And it was so simple that I was like, it just doesn't make sense. It doesn't work. Like, it's, it, you know, I mean, we'll still do it. He's our boss. But it's not going to work. And that was the thing that got the match the most over. I think it ended up being like the simplicity of the finish and it was so clean yeah. and pulled off so well. Um, it was one of the things that I think people commented on mostly. Mm. And and I, I remember from that day forward, like not that I was questioning him in any way anyway, but like I was like, man, I, I just it was confirmation oh, that like yeah. all his years in this business, like this guy's been paying attention. Yeah. You know? There's something to be said for that. Yeah, I remember it's one of my favorite stories I've probably told on this show many times, but uh, we were doing one of those uh, Money in the Bank ladder match extravaganzas, and Kevin and, and Sammy Zane were, you know Sammy is, God bless him, but they were just, they have to, we have to have an apparatus, and we have to have a, a crazy bump, and we have to do this, we have to do that, and it was getting so completely out of control that I finally just, I, I, I pulled a, 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 a Captain, what is it, Tom Hanks, Captain movie, I'm the captain now, yeah. stop, yeah, yeah, yeah. I'm yeah. taking over, everything now has to go through me. Or we're not doing it. And if you have a problem with it, go talk to Vince. Because this is getting completely ridiculous. They were like wanting to jump off balconies like through spikes and impale themselves. And that would be the <laughs> end of it. So I said, all that matters in a ladder match is climbing the ladder and swinging at the, 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 the briefcase. And it swings. And you can't get that. And it's like, and Sammy's like, nope, stop. I'm the captain now. So we did the match. And afterwards, it worked out great. It was awesome. And Sammy's like, wow, 
you really did have some good ideas. I'm like, gee, do you think so? Do you think the 28 years helped, Sammy? But God bless him. But it's, just, it's the same thing you guys said. The, the light goes on when you realize sometimes that to get from A to B, sometimes you just got to go from A to B. You don't have yeah. to go all around the horn and do a bunch of things. Yep. And that helps when you get a chance to work with a guy like Hunter for, for guys of your level. 100%. Is, the more time you spend in the business, I mean, it's so cliche to say, but the more you really get things, the more they click. Like you yeah. were saying, oh, I, I wasn't, I thought I was ready for Ring of Honor, but I wasn't. Like, Right. Yeah, exact same. I thought I was ready for Japan. No way, no way near ready. Or right. I thought I was looking ready back. Yeah, yeah, nowhere near ready. And right. like, it's just the more time. Oh, I feel like now I'm finally hitting my stride. Like, yeah. I'm really things are really clicking. I'm really getting just psychology more, mm-hmm. and just my what I want to bring to the table. Well, how many years have you been wrestling now? So uh, October this year will be. 16 years. So that's about that's about when you hit yeah. the 15 year mark. Yeah. For me, too, that's when it really started clicking in. Yeah. Where you mentioned psychology. Mm-hmm. Before you hear the word psychology and you think, mm-hmm. ah, okay, okay, but you don't really know. And mm-hmm. what move can we put here? And then you realize when you hit that one point where you go, you go up the hill and then you start going down the hill, it's like, mm-hmm. holy shit, yes. we don't have to do anything. Mm-hmm. All we got to do is have a great story and a great character and a great promo and we got it. Mm-hmm. You know, It's cool when you start seeing that side of it. Totally. Well, and I think that that's where we were uh, coming from New Japan, and you learn like the Japanese style and psychology's different, but like we had, um, you know, an, a good number of years under our belt in the States too, and all of that stuff had kind of created this collage. And I think NXT, and specifically under the learning tree that was Hunter, was like the timing, it, we were ready to take another step right if we had stayed where we were it would have impeded our progress mm-hmm. towards wherever it is that we are now or, right you know what i mean and it was it was the right time to be uh exposed to the right mind you know that that was him definitely and, much and more Sean polished and, now for having gone mm-hmm. there, I think. way more yeah and just one quick thing when you talk about japan and the psychology and how much more move based it is best match I ever had they're even better than the Kenny one in my opinion is the one I had with Tanahashi at the Tokyo Dome that guy doesn't do anything he gets mm-hmm. it yeah. he understands the psychologist like mm-hmm. this guy's f***ing genius yeah. he's the best yep. he's the best worker there you know yep. because once again he understands things a little bit differently mm-hmm. um, talking about Undisputed Era as a name where did that come from was there and was there other choices that you were working on oh, there was a, like a big <laughs> two page list of <laughs> yeah. potentials there was <laughs> this one where they give you or were you guys thinking of them uh, that they'd give we'd thought of a ton both but, but ones that they had cleared through legal that I, I guess, guess could actually yeah. end up being uh, gotcha don't really remember any, any specific ones I don't either but I, I remember the names like we would narrow down this huge list and then the following day we would get back a more narrowed list from legal and it would be any of the names that we were actually close on. They were either gone or changed or paired with something from the list that made it, it didn't work just not work. Yeah. So it was and like, okay, era we're never going to have a name. We were really thrilled on. No, well, at first I was so like, what does it mean? Warm. Yeah. Right. Yeah. Oh, we were so lukewarm to it. And I was worried, honestly, about baseball references because I was like ERA 
era, like earned oh. run average. <laughs> that, was, that was all I could yeah. say. There's the difference between a, a uni- from New York. There's yeah. the difference of a New York and a Canadian. I never would have ever thought of ERA. Not till now. Till now to this moment. I was this many days old when I thought And the that. worst part is, is I was the worst baseball player ever. <laughs> I was so bad. Bobby's having flashbacks. Yeah. In the history of Little League, I will go down as maybe, maybe the worst. But that's funny, though. Sometimes when you hear the names and you're like, yeah, I don't know if it's any good. I remember when we first started using Inner Circle, there was a lot of online conjunction of like, oh, come on. And then yeah. now it's like it's it's a name. You know, yeah. it's like Metallica. Yeah. Like at first you're like, what does that even mean? Yeah. But then it becomes your, your thing. It's all how yeah. you treat it, right? That's right. Like you just embrace it and go balls in on it and 100% then they'll get behind mm-hmm. it too if we came yeah. out like on a or whatever I guess yeah like yeah, yeah. wouldn't have got behind it yeah I think it's interesting to be at the beginning of it of those because there is so much doubt and there is so much insecurity and maybe that's just human nature yeah. you know putting its little sprinkle on our business but then when the things you know they work out like I think music is like that a lot of times too I know like we were lukewarm on the the theme for that there what too. Is the theme? Um, oh, the Undisputed Era theme, and I remember oh, not the even Red Dragon theme. Yeah. yeah, well, even the Red Dragon one in Ring of Honor, I remember okay. being lukewarm yeah. on it, yeah. and then. By the time we were leaving Ring of Honor to go to NXT, I was like, I can't imagine coming out to anything. What's other it's than called Dance Away. Yeah, mm-hmm. it's yeah. an actual song. Damn right? Valentine's. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Damn, Damn Valentine's. Valentine's. Do you have that here in AEW? Yes, that's the yeah. one thing with AEW. We so we don't have a problem buying rights to songs. Yeah, and which is awesome. Yeah, it really does. Really yeah, freaking cool. I mean, yeah. your entrance, right? Everybody like. Yeah. Oh shit. And we, yeah, and we have to buy it from Sony. That I don't. We don't own you it. Do? Yeah. Oh wow. Yeah. Holy shit. Every couple wow. of months, I'll get something. Well, Germany won't put it on YouTube because of the sony german i'm like dude it's my band i know (laughs) right that's my voice i know it's ridiculous right it's yeah it's uh, the side of the coin well it's cool that you have Uh, that music here though the longest field goal ever attempted is 76 yards the longest field goal ever missed also 76 yards why bring this up because knowing your limits matters both when you're kicking a field goal and when you gamble betting more than you're comfortable with is like trying a 70 yard field goal it probably won't go well so set a limit when you gamble and stick to it. Want more helpful tips like this? Go to KeepItFunOhio.com for games, quizzes, and lots of ways to keep your gambling from getting out of hand. So we kind of get back to the start. And, and before we talk about how you ended up here, what were some of the major highlights for you guys in NXT? Because there was a lot of great uh, matches mm-hmm. that you were involved in, yeah. great moments and great storylines. Mm-hmm. Uh, do you want to kick it off? Or? I mean, doing those war games matches was really cool. Like for just them, so you know, when we did the, the, where the, the I would... blood and guts. I watched your guys' war games to see how you oh, did it because uh, okay. I watched one from the eighties too, and I realized pretty early on, oh, this won't, this ain't gonna cut. Yeah, it. yeah. <laughs> so well, the other guys had a roof on yours too. Yeah, we yeah. did. Yeah, yeah. it was fun. Yeah. Was. yeah. Well, I grew up with the Crockett years. Like that was the wrestling that really, uh, you know, not to say that WWF and I wasn't a Hulkamaniac because I sure as shit was. But like, uh, God, Tully and Arn and Sting and, you know, those years, the late 88, 89, early 90s. So the war games were like this mythical thing to me. So for them to be bringing it back, and I knew that that was kind of Hunter and Sean's you know, time frame too that they lo- that loved and drew a lot of influence from. what I understand, from. the Elimination Chamber was originally pitched as War Games, mm-hmm. and Vince didn't like it because War Games wasn't his invention. 
come up with something else, and that's why the Elimination Chamber was invented, was because we were trying to think of something similar to a War Games. Uh, gotcha. So you know. yeah. Gotcha. Wow, that makes total yeah. sense. And and so even more so, like for Hunter to be able to, because NXT was his, and maybe Vince, you know, wasn't paying attention or wasn't didn't care, like he was able to bring in the war games and do it mm. maybe in a way that he wanted to do it. And the fact that, that he chose us to be, you know, and I don't feel comfortable making, and I'm not making this comparison, but I feel like just by placement, by where we were, we were hunters horsemen. Mm. Of course. Absolutely. To, to like, to, to, for those words to even cut, that is so humbling mm -hmm. to me to think of the you know twelve year old watching mm -hmm. the War Games VHS tapes, <laughs> <laughs> and um, and to think that like our generation's version of that, yeah, it's uh, it's so cool. So so definitely, if I, if I'm talking about highlights, War Games and and being synonymous with them the way we 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 were, we were yeah, yeah is is a huge one. So did you guys start noticing like uh, a change in NXT before you left? Because I think it's probably been about a year since the I guess you'd call the war. First of all, how was it for you guys being in the middle of this war that neither one of us, neither one of us, AEW and NXT guys, never created? That was created by Vince by putting the show it was on just Wednesday so nights. Cool that there was. It was back to two shows going head to head. Yeah, mm -hmm. it felt like being a fan in '98 when it was the Monday Night Wars, and mm -hmm. now we're part of it on Wednesday. And on the other on the other channel is guys that we came up with in this yeah. business that we're rooting for. We're rooting for AEW to, to kick ass because that elevated mm -hmm. our game. And I know mm -hmm. our game being elevated would elevate your guys's game. Mm -hmm. And it was a you know a back scratching yep. scenario of just trying mm -hmm. to put out the best shows we possibly could. And it, I think the winners were the fans, man. How how sick was it that on yeah. Wednesday nights they mm -hmm. got to watch two awesome wrestling shows full of mm -hmm. a lot of talent, and it was just it was so cool, man. And you know, had had we been available, if we weren't, weren't in NXT for the inception of AEW or like the very first All In, I'm sure we would have been a part of it, mm -hmm. right? Like we were mm -hmm. close with a lot of these just guys. the Bucks mm -hmm. to begin yes. with, yeah. the Bucks. Period. I mean, for them, man, to see this yeah. thing start, like you know, with Tony obviously, but like the Bucks sure. being so heavily involved in it was just so proud of them and so stoked for the group we were you know i i don't know peas and carrots in japan on those new japan tours between <laughs> us and matt and nick like we were we were all uh kind of coffee snobs and we would go find our coffee in the morning and talk about how much we missed um you know who was at home mm -hmm. and um there's a a bonding that happens in that way and you you know the same thing yeah. and like you know finding a gym to work out in in these shitty little country towns and you know just the the absurdity that happens on the road when you know one of the other guys takes a cab uh to the gym to get on the treadmill and and walk <laughs> when when the there. rest of us walked a mile to get there <laughs> but he had to get you know just that stuff yeah the absurdity of being on the road like you said yeah yeah yeah, yeah. and so i think we we watched from afar and, and we're um you know secretly rooting for but did you notice kind of when the war, quote unquote, ended a difference in NXT? Could you see the writing in the so wall, so to speak? When would the war officially end? When we moved to Tuesdays, probably? I think so, yeah. yeah. So when was that? Let's, you guys were both still there yeah. six months yeah. ago, maybe a year maybe, ago. a year ago. I think it's probably yeah. a year, yeah. 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 I mean, it is what it is. It, it, you never, like, it, 
I don't know. It wasn't like admitting defeat, but I was like, okay, like this. No, but did you did you was was it was it different around the company that point? Because obviously now, as yeah. we spoke about, NXT is a completely different animal. That was than a it night was. day change. Sure. Was it a slow burn, or was it something just basically happened? Because I don't even think you guys were there. At least you weren't there, Bobby, when it changed. You, no, you might have still been. That no, like overnight. Like yeah. literally, the next time we came to TV, everything was different. Everything is different. We're all changing. We're, everything's completely. I bad. left right before the rebrand and i'll say my last you know six or seven months being there i was very much out of the loop between covid and i had tricep surgery right after the last war games so i was not frequenting the pc that much and when i did it i was in medical and rehabbing Ah, and kind of doing my my workout and then leaving so i really did i wasn't at tvs very often so I really don't know what the pulse of, of NXT was then. Gotcha. Um, and then when I got brought back, uh, it was very brief and it was very erratic. And then I got released. So you actually got released from your contract. Mm-hmm. And was that a surprise for you? Yeah, I was actually sitting in. My girlfriend and I were uh, sitting in a car dealership, and I was signing the last contract oh, no. on a new, a new uh, Chevy Silver- Silverado. <laughs> you know, so not not a cheap one either. Um, <laughs> and I heard that you know raspy voice on the other end. Oh no, like, two hundred three you know, number. And I saw you're right. So I saw the area code and was like, oh, I gotta answer it. And yeah, uh, yeah and it, it was what it was. And and. Um, my girlfriend, she, you know, she has been such a game changer through this whole thing. And she was the first one about 30 days into it that uh, made me realize, um, she said, like, they did you a favor. Do you know that they, they did you a favor? And, and it was hard for me to see it in that way. But she's 100% right. In what way? Was it a favor? It was a favor because I had lulled myself into where not necessarily being happy or fulfilled uh, was really a problem. Like I was used to it. And um, I was so accustomed to it that like I, I didn't even realize I was unhappy. Mm. But I wasn't I wasn't Just going happy. through the motions. Yeah. Yeah. And um, I th- thought like, well, maybe, maybe I just don't love wrestling the way I used to. And that's okay too. Like we all, we're, you get older, it's, it's what happens. Um, but that, I'm, I'm happy to say today, I, I know that that's not the case, mm-hmm. that that's not what was happening. And, and her words that at the time seemed prophetic were, uh, you know, they, they, now I'll say that she's, she was right. You know? So how, how did you end up coming to AEW? <laughs> the first week, there was an email that, that came out about medical. Uh, you guys were in Rochester. And uh, it was as if I was supposed to be in Rochester. And I was like, wait a second. I haven't even discussed anything with anyone. And then I had a few people Iggy me like, hey, are you here? And I was I ignored them and was like, I don't know what's happening. Um, but it came kind of a, a, a week early. And I don't know where the, the communication might have been mixed. But uh, the, the following week, um, I got an Iggy. To uh, to contact Tony and and Tony and I had a conversation and um, he had an idea of how to bring me in and it was going to be uh, wrapped around some of the the forbidden door mm-hmm. thing with Sammy and the the TNA title and stuff and um, 
you know, off to the races we went. How about you, Cal? Yeah, well, for me, I mean, seeing Bobby come here and seeing Adam come here, I mean, how could you not want to be back with these guys and part of a group like AEW where every week it's like a takeover crowd just on a regular TV? Right. Like, we talk about the natural progression and the next steps in one's career, and it just felt like, for me, this was the next logical step for me. The NXT 2.0 rebrand happened, and it felt to me like before the, the rebrand happened, Kyle O'Reilly, you know, was a top guy in NXT, and after the rebrand, it felt like the plans shifted, and that's fine. That's just business. Um, totally willing to do what I can to help anyone else get over, and, I, and for my last few months there, I tried my damnedest to do so uh, with everyone I worked with. It just felt like, um, you know, yeah, I just wanted to be excited about going to work again. And I, I felt like and I felt like I left a ton on the table in New Japan as well. And I know here there's a good working relationship with New Japan. And it just seemed like a new frontier that I just, and I, I just, there's so many talented guys there. So many exciting matchups, so many exciting tag matches, like, because the tag division here is, is stacked. Mm. And I Ridiculous. love tag team wrestling. And my mm. tag team partner the company released and now he's there. So like, I obviously, I, I, I want to, um, and your deal was done. It was coming my deal was end, done. Right? Yeah. It was coming, it was coming up in December. Um, so I ended up, uh, doing a, like a week extension just to finish up and do good business by them and finish, uh, up with the war games and the TV to, to put, uh, Von Wagner over and do business. Right. And I'm, I'm happy to do so. And, um, just the opportunity to came to come here, ended up sorting a deal out with Tony, like a, the day or two before my debut. And, and here we are uh, on Talk is Jericho in the <laughs> yeah, locker room at the Prudential on. Center in New Jersey uh, <laughs> right? before this amazing Dynamite show with a stacked crowd and a yeah. stacked card. And Was there some differences when you guys came in here? Because you always hear about, okay, the other companies, this, this, and this. And it's, you know, I'm sure you heard it's wine and roses, but you're like, yeah. okay, let's really see what it's like. Yeah. Was there a lot of differences when you came here? Uh, backstage, at least from, from I, NXT and WWE. Yeah, I mean, it's everyone is so cool and friendly and outgoing. Um, not to say that people aren't like that right, elsewhere, of course, but of I course. felt over there. I just felt like this cloud of pressure, like a weight was always on my shoulders whenever I was backstage at a, a Raw or SmackDown. Not so much <laughs> in NXT. After the rebrand, maybe a little bit more so. I don't know. It just felt like a lot of stressful environment. A little bit more eggshell walking. A little bit walking more eggshell there, yeah. walking. Yeah. And just for me and my, my mental and my physical health, that doesn't do me a lot of favors. So right. I feel, I don't know, a lot more calm and peace of mind here. And like, still, like I put the pressure and stress on myself to deliver in the ring and with whatever I'm going to do, of course, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to put that on myself. I just don't feel this existential crisis of my job is on the line every moment of every day right. when I'm here, you know? But did you notice that, Bobby? Yeah, I mean, I, 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 what he just described, I, I think, is Perfect. is the nail on the head. Pressure would, would sum it up, really, you know? And it's not to say that I didn't enjoy my time there, and it wasn't... there. Man, there were times that were so fun, and I will remember fondly and that'll never change. But yeah, there was definitely a, a pressure. I think the pressure here, there's still pressure. I, they'll all, I, I think there when there's, is, yeah, yeah when there's not, pros. I think I, I'll know like, yeah, yeah I'm done. Yeah. Um, you know, I, I told this a few times, but um, every big show that I've done, there's always that moment in the back where like I look for, I find the exit sign. 
I always find it. And I always go like, I can leave. Oh, really? Like the pressure that I'm feeling right now, whether it be Tokyo Dome or a takeover or whatever, like the door is right there. Nobody's making me do this. Mm. I can like, I mean, I'll be putting a bullet in the head of my career. Sure. But I can leave. I have free will. Um, And obviously I don't. (laughs) But I think that the day that that pressure is gone might, you know, like I said, I think it might be the, the time to. Time to split. Call it. I feel like yeah. here it's more of like an excited pressure as opposed to like a stressful pressure. Yeah. Does that make sense? It does. And, and the, another thing too that I'll say that it almost makes you want to put your finger in your mouth and go, Bleh. but it's true, is it really is a, a team. Yes. I really find this is a team here in AEW, mm-hmm. which after 31 years, I mean, it, Japan kind of has that. At least it did in the 90s. Whereas yeah. WWE was always kind of about, and, and you know, it's not saying anything out of school. It's about survival of the fittest clawing your way up to the top and the other guy not in a bad way but i'm gonna i'm gonna take the spot yeah and it's almost kind of encouraged in a lot of ways you're obviously working together but you know what i'm saying there is a little bit more of like sure. i don't know about this guy i'm worried about he might go behind my back and yeah. give me a little you know stabbing it, i don't i don't find that here yeah you know i really don't and that makes a big difference because like you guys said like you actually you said it bobby when i left wb in 17 to go to new japan i was kind of on the fence like maybe i'm done you know band is doing good and new japan is cool and then new japan was so much fun i was like well maybe i'll just stay here yeah and not go back to wb because new japan had the same vibe that we have let the pros be pros mm-hmm. then when aw started it was an even more extension of new japan to where i was like mm-hmm. okay now there's really no interest in going back yeah you know so you you can really feel that here which yeah we've never i've never really experienced that sure i i think it was you know and and our time in wwe was spent in nxt Right. And I think that there was a window of time in NXT when the takeovers were rocking and Hunter was steering the ship sure. with Sean uh, that I, th- I, th- I think we had that, you know? Mm-hmm. Um, and I, I do feel that, that team vibe that you're talking about. And I, I don't think it, it, maybe it didn't exist in the rest of WWE, but in that, in well, that crazy, little Sean, place, yeah. it did. Because Sean and Hunter in WWE were not that, not yeah. in a bad way, but look at their track record. You right. can see it. Right, right. So, you know, w- w- last couple questions for you. When you spoke to Hunter, or did you speak to Hunter to tell him that you were leaving? Did you ever have a conversation with him about that? I mean, I got I got released. That's true. You're right. um, That's true. So yeah. I did not have a conversation. No reason to. But, like, I think Hunter and Sean and Matt Bloom were – you know they they were brilliant in the the um, the atmosphere that they were able to create yeah. there. You know, how about you, Kyle? Did you see everyone was very encouraging? Just to you know, go where your heart's leading you, man. Mm. And that's that's what got me to WWE in the first place. And all very supportive of of doing what's going to be best for me and my family. You know, that's just everyone was all really really cool about it all. Last question for you, which uh, two it's a two pro, two parter. What match are you looking forward to here in AEW, and what's your favorite match that you've ever had, either together or single? Or let's say together. What's your favorite match you ever had together, and what's your match you're looking forward to mm. as a team here in AEW? Oi. I think um, one off the top of my head that I can say together uh, was the match that actually got us booked in New Japan um, was a New York Hammerstein ballroom match uh, against the Young Bucks. And I, that mm. might have been our first big singles with the Bucks. Yeah. And I, we just tore the freaking house down. It mm-hmm. was just an awesome match. And I think because of that, 
uh, Gato was there because it was like a War of the Worlds, oh, yeah. New Japan joint ROH show. And they're like, oh, we got to get these guys here. And shortly after that, we were booked there. And, yeah. and uh, so I'll say that one for sure. That one, yeah. Yeah. I, it's hard for me to like pinpoint one that we did with the Bucks because we did so many. Yeah. And, and they're, so like, it's hard for me to keep track of what happened in which match and where it was. Right. And were we in Japan or was it a hammer fine? <laughs> um, so the Bucks matches kind of go without saying. Um, I. I know that one of the matches we did with uh, with NXT, the one I brought up before with AOP, I, I really that was one of my favorites. Um, there's a match that we did with uh, with FTR for NXT. Yeah, that, was mm. that was one of the. It was after we started doing kind of some some more different group stuff as the undisputed era and it was one of the last times that we got to do like a, a just a straight up tag yeah, hard um, aggressive tag. yeah no yeah, bs yeah. and um god really enjoyed the hell out of that one and hope to have chapter two here yeah you know that's one that i've that I've writes had itself F- ftr for, the box i mean yeah. you guys have yeah. it right there yeah, yeah. Absolutely. You guys ever worked Santana Ortiz before? We have, yeah. yeah. That'd be a good one. Yeah, yeah. great one. Yeah. Very fond of that one. Yeah. They were that they were one of our. So before we went to NXT, we had kind of stopped. Uh, we hadn't tagged in a long time because Ring of Honor had him doing his singles thing. I was doing something singles, and it was only really the New Japan stuff. And even that, they had. Uh, us both do a singles thing with Shibata for the mm. open weight. Uh, so it was one of the first times after a long hiatus that we tagged together. We didn't have matching gear, I remember, for that match. <laughs> yeah. um, and I hurt my one- knee the day before, too, yes. so I came in like, with <laughs> yeah. a really bad wheel. Those guys couldn't have been yeah. better to work yeah. with. And, man, they were so good and so over with that crowd. Right. We were in New York City. Glory, right? yeah. yeah, something yeah. like that. And I, th- I think it was Homicide's place or something i don't know um but it was it was so cool and 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 they were man they were they were such a pleasure to work well with. there's lots of big matches for you guys it's here and it's great to have you and uh like i said man this is going to reinvigorate your desire and passion for the biz uh, so it's cool awesome. your chutzpah yeah. <laughs> <laughs> thanks dudes thanks chris